I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton. Chad Withrow and Paul Kuharski. Monday Night Football kicks off in a little over two hours back, with baby. the Bills hosting the Titans. And then after that, on ABC, Eagles and Vikings as we see A.J. Brown and Justin Jefferson go at it with the offensive firepower of both and what both possess. Glad you're with us for the final hour. Over the next hour, full previews of both games. No Chris Berman on the call for that second game? Steve Levy, right? Is I it, think yeah, on the Steve second Levy? game. No, no, the Titans have Steve Levy. Steve Levy with the Titans. And Orlovsky. And then the, the A-team with Buck and Aikman have Philly yes. Vikings. Yes, on NBC. I just love saying the name Chris Berman to get Paul fired up because I know he can hear me all the way up in Orchard Park, New York right now. He's there. Uh, he joins us from the stadium. Uh, Paul, welcome in. And, and Behold. Great job on the hustle, man. Thank you. Yeah, well, he's got, uh, he's, Finally, things opened you, up. You're completely alone in the, in the press box, Paul. That's nice. No, I, I'm not down in the front row because I don't want everybody to have to hear me. So I came up here to where people dining or studying will have to hear me. So here's my – I was asked last night, Paul, to kind of give an overall theme of the game because I – I think we all agree it is very difficult to determine contenders versus pretenders in week two of a win or a loss, even at 0-2 now with the seventh team getting in the playoffs. So let's start there. But Buffalo and Tennessee last year lost on the same weekend in the playoffs. Bills fans, the media, the perception is the Bills lost because Josh Allen didn't have the football. And they changed the overtime rule for him this offseason. That's, that's why they bowed out and they did not reach their full potential. Meanwhile, in Tennessee, they lost because their quarterback did have the football and gave it away three times. That's what, that's what the perception is of both of these quarterbacks. There has been a ton of talk about Josh Allen, and rightfully so. He's the contender for not just uh, AFC and Super Bowl prowess for, these teams, for the team he's playing on, but the individual awards as well. Meanwhile, no one's talking about Tannehill. The route for... For Derrick Henry uh, and the Titans is is Derrick Henry needs to get back to what he was in order for Tannehill to become any sort of player that we saw in 2020. I, so I'll set the game up by saying we don't know based on win or loss if the Titans are contending for the ultimate goal, which is Lombardi. But what I do know is this gives us a great reading of the overall confidence level of what they have in their wide receiving core and their quarterback tonight. Because I think the overall vibe is it's run game or bust, and it's got to be a lot more than that for them to come out of Buffalo with a win. Well, I think you've, the, the portrait you paint is totally fair of Tannehill and Allen uh, in terms of how the seasons ended last year. And look, there's nobody in their right mind that would be choosing Tannehill over Allen right. at, at any point in the season. But when you're... Uh, drawing the comparison is in the playoffs. And we know 
um, you know, about Tannehill's playoff struggles. What what Tannehill doesn't get enough credit for is what he's done in the regular season. And in the last two regular seasons, when these teams have squared off head to head, granted both in Nashville, it's Tannehill, it's Tannehill's team who's who's come out with with the victory. And uh, so I don't think the Titans get um, you know enough credit for that in term in terms of the contender that they've been through the regular season. Now, their their um, postseason failures are well documented, but I didn't see the Bills in either of those Super Bowls either. So people who chalk it up to being uh, you know a success or a failure on whether you get to the Super Bowl or win the Super Bowl or not. Those people would have to say the Titans and the Bills fared fared the same. I think you and I and Chad would say that's yes. ridiculous. And the Bills have had better better playoff success, uh, even if they're out in the same round in terms of uh, competitiveness um, and and advancement. Um, and, and look, the Titans are going to have to do a good job against Josh Allen tonight. They didn't stop the run well in week one at all. Josh Allen is the, the main running impetus here. They don't want him to escape to his right. Um, they've talked a lot in the past and again this week about hemming in a quarterback. They hate when their pass rushers fly by a quarterback. We won't see any of that. That makes for less kill shots, but maybe for more effective control of where he is in the pocket and limitations of what he can do. So his escapes will be they hope fewer than uh, than they are against some other teams. That doesn't mean one or two plays he can't kill them with, um, and that's that's what he needs to do. Titans are turning to Josh Gordon now. People are excited that they they're admitting some uh, lack of success with the wide receivers that they have on the roster. We don't know if they're going to put Cody Hollister down or just play a sixth. Kyle Phillips, uh, you know, I checked in with somebody today. They expect him to play like they always expect Hutton, a guy listed as questionable to play. Is he somewhat limited by his shoulder injury? We don't know. Um, And we don't know how much they'll give Josh Gordon uh, because a guy in his first game generally, uh, we know the Titans play with limitations on that guy. We saw it with Traylon Burks last week. I think all three of us expect the Titans to come out and play well. Because, look, the narrative with the Titans is – this is a game where they play well uh, on the road, backs up against the wall a bit. This is a Mike Vrabel special in this game. Paul, a real chance. You know, we talked about the narrative surrounding these two teams right now. It completely flips with the early narrative if the Titans go to Buffalo and win yes. on Monday Night Football, even after a loss to the Giants at home uh, in week one. You mentioned Josh Gordon being activated in this game. Am I speaking out of turn to say that you also expect the Titans to maybe not win, but play very well tonight in Buffalo? No, I expect them to play well, but I expect the Bills to also play well. The Bills haven't lived up to their end of the bargain in some of these games that we're talking about. Certainly the COVID game two years ago, they didn't play well. Last year, they had a chance late at the goal line. Josh Allen slipped. Jeffrey Simmons was Jeffrey Simmons, uh, and that ended the game late. Uh, but I don't think if the Titans win tonight, it'll be because the Bills play poorly. I think it'll be a, a game where both teams play well and the Titans find a way to win at the end, which is often often their formula. I do think they bounce back from a bad game against a bad team, which is their M.O. I think they'll play a lot cleaner and a lot better than they did last week. Um, but I don't think we see the Bills play, play poorly tonight. I think it'll be two good teams. Um, and I do think... 
unlike previous years, the uh, unlike last year where the Titans bounced back from that opening day loss to Arizona where they were overwhelmed and seemed unprepared. And we said, oh, they're going to Seattle. That's a tough game against the tough team. This is a much tougher scenario for them. The Bills are a better team. And I think the Titans aren't as good as, as they've been the last two years. Uh, I don't know what the status of Derrick Henry is, but he's not generally good at the beginning of the season. I think this offensive line could be overmatched um, where we haven't seen Aaron Brewer or Nicholas Petit Frere against the front like this yet. And it could be a, a problem. And, and missing Christian Fulton against these receivers is certainly going to be an issue. The depth of cornerback is something that we've talked about, but, um, you know, Elijah Molden isn't here. Christian Fulton isn't here. You're getting deep into it against guys that gave the Titans a lot, the type of guys that gave the Titans a lot of trouble in uh, in McKenzie and Crowder, little guys who are the third and fourth receiver. And I wouldn't, uh, you know, they play plenty of three wide, some four wide. And I think those guys present some problems beyond Diggs and Gate Davis, who's got a sprained ankle, but a tremendous frontline receiver. And Crowder is just that veteran savvy over the middle uh, that I'm with you. He's like a third or fourth option at best after you get past Knox and everyone else at tight end. Maybe he's even further down than that, but uh, a really good player with the Jets and beyond, and now he's in Buffalo making some some savvy uh, catches, at least in week one against the Rams. But let's start with Stephon Diggs uh, and the big play potential. I don't think he, completely healthy there's a corner on the Titans roster that can go one-on-one with him. Let's just start there. But... Knowing those matchups. I'd like McCreary the best. I'd like yeah. McCreary there the best, Hutton, well, which is saying something. Exactly. You know, your second-round rookie as opposed to uh, last year's first round. Exactly. And I, they will – so I want to get to Downing and Kelly scheming up some things in the past game that we saw last week, even with Hilliard out. But they got the one-on-one matchups. And, again, we'll hit on that in a bit. But the, the matchups that we're going to see Allen try to get Buffalo into, they're going to go at Caleb Farley. I mean, it is written in bold, like graffiti on a wall, how much he played in the preseason based on how little he is factoring into the defense except for injury. They're going right at him. And Farley, the the last two first-round picks need to step up. The training wheels have to come off of Burks. And Farley needs to play up to the caliber because he's as healthy as he's going to be. He needs to play up to the caliber of what we were told and what they believe he was when they selected him out of Virginia Tech. This is a big matchup. They're going to try to scheme him one-on-one, just like the Titans are trying to go in, go after the Bills' rookie six-round pick. Yeah, and and Farley talked confidently all week. He knew that Fulton was you know doubtful at best, uh, seeing his injury up close. He talked. Look, I, I give Farley credit. He's not hiding no. in terms yeah. in terms of things. He knows that the spotlight's on him. He knows he hasn't lived up to expectations. He's eager for a chance to do that. He broke his uh, – uh, or he tore his ACL last year uh, against the Bills, right? Um, uh, yeah, yeah, week six. Yes, you're right. And and so, um, you know, there's some some – symmetry to what's going on here. And he sees this as a big chance at redemption. He didn't go so far as to say all that, but it was clear during the week last week that he knew um, that he's going to have a big role in this game, that it was fitting, that it was the bills again and, and all of that. And uh, I think he works his ass off. I think he's got a good skill set, but I think there's a little bit of hesitancy to him sometimes 
And certainly, uh, you know, they want to keep him away from McKenzie and Crowder. Um, he's going to be outside. So I would think he's got Diggs and Davis far more often in this game who are better. He's better suited to cover. And I think he'll be a big story tonight for sure. And, and like you're saying, these guys need uh, their premier picks who often have not risen to the occasion in broad terms in this specific uh, scenario to, uh, to, to be guys. I, I think if, if, if Caleb Farley and Traylon Burks aren't productive tonight, I think the Titans chances are probably not particularly good. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, we saw even Fulton, their top corner turning and get messed up looking, peeking back in the backfield a couple times and then Sterling Shepard scoring on the big bomb last week. Um, I think that's what worries you the most against this Bills offense, where if Daniel Jones is taking advantage of that in some way, shape, form, or fashion, Josh Allen, Allen, Allen will, will smoke them on that, especially moving to his right or staying in the pocket and stepping up and delivering the football. But the one-on-one matchups, Bayard pointed it out during the week, the one-on-one matchups is, is what the game comes down to. There, there will be, we've gone four or five deep in receiving options. And then you have Allen who can run it, that he's their rushing attack. Um, Simmons can certainly take a game over. Byard in past games like this, Paul, he has had, he's won the 50-50 ball where there's a batted ball in the air, he comes down with it, early possession, great field position. They, they, they capitalize on that. They need a spark early. That's the formula for them in games like this. And Let's go back a week where we saw some really bad holding penalties. Whether or not you want to, if everything being on the even playing field, it was a hold, was it not? It was called, and it held them back from some either big runs or maybe a first down conversion here or there. They got to catch the football. There's way too many drops a week ago, and the, the penalties cannot hold them back in an environment like this. Yeah, I mean, they need to play clean, and they've got scouting reports on these officials. Some of that you know, strikes you as uh, maybe a little first game nervousness. They got to help Petit Frere, I, I think, in, in passing situations. Here's another thing that I think could key this game and uh, is it, something a, a beat writer friend of mine up here in Buffalo talked about. They really like Taron Johnson, their nickelback. They list their nickel defense on their, uh, on their depth chart as their primary defense. They don't want to take him off the field. But I think the Titans might be better served here. And we've talked a lot about the two tight end potential of the, of the Titans in terms of getting. And, and Jeff Swain played a little bit more than, um, than uh, Austin Hooper last week. And he was targeted more than Austin Hooper, which we all don't like. But if they can get Taron Johnson off the field and make them go with Edmondson or Dotson, two players that they, they haven't even really clearly decided between, keep them in more of a base 4-3 defense with those bigger uh, tight ends, that might be to the Titans' advantage. Either do that or when they do have the smaller people on the field, you want to spread that out and run Derrick Henry against a more spaced-out defense. I would think we'll see some of both of those things. But uh, make them play personnel that they don't necessarily want to play. I agree. And uh, Leslie Frazier, it's a different scheme than what we're, we saw a week ago from Wink Martindale against this Titans offense. Uh, they are way more patient with the Buffalo defense. Frazier doesn't bring a lot of heat. They play a lot of – two safety look and they're going to sit back and allow the Titans to play into their defense more than forcing the issue. 
that that's and that, why. Uh, Go ahead. Yeah. That's a spot they're going to miss Dontrell Hilliard tonight. Yes. I don't, I don't yes. see Hassan Haskins as a well, guy that can attack it the same way. I agree. Or Julius Chestnut, who who I would like to throw to more than Haskins based on what I've seen. But neither of them are like Hilliard. And after Hilliard's two touchdowns last week on three catches, I, I mean, he was a real danger. They're, they're missing him tonight. Let's not forget about that. No, yeah, and I'm glad you brought this up because they they schemed him open and got him with a slower linebacker multiple times in this game last week, Hilliard. They've got – I'm ready for that next level of it's time to see Austin Hooper match up in that same scenario. Um, let, let's I – mean, we'll, we'll just look Chig. at the – let's – but let's also look at the obvious. I mean, they have a 16th overall selection – that needs to be on the foot needs to be on the field more and more targets need to come his direction. I'm, I'm watching the league yesterday, Paul, and all these first round picks from Drake London uh, to Garrett Wilson and others are making game changing plays for their offense. In some cases, game winning plays. Burks is capable of that, and it's time to just let him fly. I mean, surely they can come up with some scheme that allows him a one on one access to a pass from Tannehill and you give him an opportunity to make a big play on national TV. I agree. And, uh, you know, whatever his limitations may be, if you want to, I mean, if they're more comfortable with Phillips and Phillips feels fine and you want to expand on what Phillips did last weekend, I'm fine with that too. Phillips uh, made some key plays for them last weekend, made the big play to get him in position for a kick that if, if, uh, if they make that kick last week, the, the whole tone is different. But Kyle Phillips was – uh, you know, not too far off fitting into the category you're talking about. If he had gotten into the end zone or or made a couple more plays right. and gotten close to 100, um, and, and he's been outstanding. I just worry about him getting beat up. I mean, he got beat up pretty good in that first game, and he's already on the injury report as questionable. Buffalo's pretty physical defense. How much does he get beat up tonight? Can he make it through the game? How limited is he? Uh, he's a guy to keep an eye on, but he's going to become a favorite pretty quickly if he keeps doing what he did last week. Yeah, they, they've added, uh, you know, they added pass rush with Von Miller, but their Achilles heel last year was their run defense, if you want to point to just a flaw, and it's it, they were good last year. They they addressed that this offseason, although Ed Oliver's already been ruled out, I know, and he's been there for a yep. while. But in the middle of the defensive line, that, that's where the Titans on the interior have to win the matchup. And, and Henry last year, just to put in perspective, uh, week six, so it was in October, they were kind of churning him anyway. This is right before the injury. And well, he had 20 carries, over 150 yards. He scored three touchdowns. I mean, he, he, did his, he had one less carry than what he had last week, and he took over the game. And that, they have to establish that early and often, and it, I'm I'm curious to see how the Bills have adjusted to however they defended him a year ago, especially without Oliver in the lineup. And I think they're also down another maybe uh, zero technique nose tackle tonight. Uh, Tim Settle. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Defensive tackle. Yeah. So they're thinned out there. They've got Daquan Jones and Jordan Phillips, uh, and they may be bringing uh, may have brought somebody up today because they'd be thin there. So uh, yeah, definitely. I'm sure Derrick Henry would very much like uh, to have the kind of game that would quiet anybody down nationally who's thinking his foot remains a thing. Um, and, you know, the one hole in Derrick Henry in terms of season-long outlook for him over the last several years has been kind of the soft starts. 
Yep. Um, so he could he could quiet two batches of critics there with uh, with a big game tonight. Um, but I think he had a seventy something yard run in that in that game uh, that was yes. the, a good share of the yardage. Um, and so more concern, you know, we'd take them how you can get them, but, uh, that they could use, uh, obviously they'd like to rely on him tonight, do the play action passing off of that. that that's their formula, but Buffalo knows their formula. So, you know, are the Titans, um, you know, are, are they exerting their will tonight in terms of being able to do what they want? When Henry was at his best, which was 2020, the 2000 yard season, the offense was at his best. Tannehill was at his best. In September, he had 82 carries for 319 yards. First month of the season of a 2,000-yard season, he ran for 319 yards. So that that for and those then not, took off, and then he took off. So those not familiar with the slow starts, that's what we're pointing to. Uh, he's very good, but it takes him a while. It's not just bulk in game. Um, you know, it's it, it the workload adds up, and then he finally gets going into rhythm. For instance, in November of that same year. Uh, 113 carries, 594 yards. And no, so it makes you wonder about not doing anything in the preseason. Yeah. Yeah. I, I tend to agree there. All, but not in what you're saying is not just a, not even the preseason games. You're saying he doesn't do much 11 on 11 in practice, uh, even in joint work with other teams. Yeah. Um, so there's yeah. some better formula for him there to get him going week one. Coming up, uh, Paul sticking with us there in Buffalo. We're going to continue to give some matchups. We will also discuss when we come back Vikings and Eagles and the wide receiver matchup, Chad. I can't wait to watch. Uh, I know they're not playing against each other, but this is on the same bar. Like If we're hyping up the quarterback battle, if Mahomes and Allen were playing, this is the same level for me uh, in terms of what the position brings for A.J. Brown and Justin Jefferson and how both guys feel like they're undervalued and underrated up until this year in terms of payday and everything else. Jefferson's got it coming. AJ just got it. And both are being treated like bona fide pros, stars, number one receivers. And both are. Alphas, the two of them. We'll discuss. And they're elevating the play of average quarterbacks. Yep. That's all next on Outkick 360. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. 
Tonight, Vikings and Eagles on ABC. Philly returns home after their week one win at Detroit with A.J. Brown. Justin Jefferson. The Vikings took down the Packers postgame last week. Aaron Rodgers told Justin Jefferson, you're the best player in the NFL. He's been talking big all offseason. So is A.J. I can't wait to watch that matchup uh, as they go back and forth. It's like two great three-point shooters. Or you've got the... The quarterback that's watching off the other sideline, Chad, with what the other guy's doing, or baseball with the home run hitters, whatever. Whatever it might be, the pitchers. This is that same caliber. Both guys feel like they're not in their prime yet. They're continuing to elevate. And I think most people expect Justin Jefferson to take over that spot. And A.J. just got paid, and he's the number one wideout in Philly. We, we will preview that in, in depth in just a moment. Koharski uh, with us. Paul up in Buffalo in Orchard Park for tonight's matchup that kicks off in a little under two hours. Titans on the road in Buffalo. Paul's on the floor now, I think. Looks uh, looks cozy, though, down the floor. I am. I had to go where the electricity is. Nice. And uh, (laughs) the electricity is, uh, you can see this plug right here. It's, in fact, on on the floor. Paul, I, I keep thinking about the lack of electricity provided by John Robinson's first round draft picks and how that's going to haunt this team, and it could haunt them tonight. Um, Taylor Lewan, I don't know that it's a good matchup for him in this game at left tackle. Nicholas Petit-Frere, he's going to need help. He's only playing because of a failure at right tackle in the first round in Isaiah Wilson. And then Jeffrey Simmons, you know, the one that's really worked out for the Titans, it feels like he needs an otherworldly-type performance, yeah. and he's capable of it. But for the Titans to get the win tonight, we saw it on the goal line stand a year ago to preserve a win against the Bills at home on Monday Night Football. Uh, when you look at the the first round picks or lack thereof in this game, what what are your thoughts? Well, um, I mean, you're right in line. You skip past Dylan Raiden's not a first round pick, a second round pick yep. made to make up for the first round pick. You know, they skipped a first rounder and a second rounder to get to a third rounder at right tackle. A.J. Brown, not a first-round pick, but a second-round pick who is tremendous, and Hutton's talking about previewing him for the Eagles. They couldn't couldn't find an agreement there. Um, you know, the real X factor for this offense that, um, you know, offset was the yin and yang with uh, with Derrick Henry, and they don't have any yang right now uh, and, until they show us that they do. And um, I don't think uh, among the three of us we have faith that there's going to be that guy at least – in week two in Buffalo, um, you know, maybe Traylon Burke surprises us. Maybe Robert Woods has a big game, but I think anything would be a surprise uh, in, in that regard. So, um, you know, this team is put together without, uh, you know, outstanding first round picks. You mentioned Lawan; He's not even um, J-Rob's pick. You know, he was he was his predecessor's pick. He's got a little bit of a, of a ding. He was on the injury report this week. Um, and so the Titans tend to be a team that is greater than the sum of its parts. It's not uh, loaded. It's not a roster loaded with superstars. Um, and I think all of us would say that the biggest reason that we give this team a chance is because it's track record in games like this and it's track record in games like this traces back to Mike Vrabel. Um, Mike Vrabel has a really good track record in games like this. Mike Vrabel has a way of having his team ready 
uh, his staff has a way of putting together plans that work in situations like this, in atmospheres like this. That would be, you know, if I was listing, you know, reasons the Titans might win this game, reasons the Titans might lose this game, under reasons they might win this game. Number one is Mike Ray. Mike Ray. And I've written that, and we've talked about that before this season. The number one reason I would be optimistic about the Titans this season, given that I don't think they're as good a team as they were last year personnel-wise, is because I think Mike Vrabel has a way of making up for that. 91 players last year where he was shuffling guys in and out. You know, I think he loses Christian Fulton for the week and thinks, so what? Um, because many times before he, he has shown us that he doesn't panic when he loses a key guy. He just kind of, he's got an ego to him where he says, you yeah, know, I'll outsmart the other guy with, uh, with this plan, Shane Bowen, let's get to work. And Hunt, you've got maybe, I don't know if it's unlikely, but a player to watch tonight in this game. Oh, oh a, a very unheralded under the radar. We're going, we're going to the depths here, but I do think it plays a factor. They decided to move on from Brett Kerr and go with Ryan Stonehouse. And if you're not going to stop the Bills' offense, you need to make them drive the field and eat clock. The one thing we're, there, there's no debate on is Kern is better in the short yardage, pin, punts, directional, all that. And um, not only Stonehouse, but Hilliard's not playing. Hilliard's his personal protector on the punt team. So... There is a little, uh, there's something to watch there. They only punted twice in this game a year ago. That was, they uh, didn't have the greatest stats passing the football. They ran it very well, but they didn't punt it all that often. And, and Kern did some really nice things to pin them back. The Bills can drive it. They're, I mean, they haven't punted in three of their last four regular season games. So when you put that in perspective, if the idea is to keep Josh Allen on the, on, on the sideline, when he's on the field, make him eat clock just like you're trying to do. At least in, in my mind, that's what Stonehouse has got to do. That was the big worry, Paul. And on the, the special teams aspect of things, we should also mention Bullock, who's coming off a game-winning miss. There are a lot of factors on special and, teams that have not been discussed this week. And wind is usually a factor in, yeah. in Orchard Park. Is that a factor up there tonight, Paul? There is a very strong side-to-side wind. The American flag at the far end of the stadium is completely unfurled uh, side to side. Oh, good. Um, it's Buffalo. And, yeah, He's there. Yeah. It's, it's official. It, it Welcome to Western to be, New York. <laughs> it's going to be a factor uh, in, in the kicking game for sure. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a little bit of factor um, in, in the passing game. So um, it's not cold, but it is windy. This I, is the right time of year to be here in terms of temperature. I'm but, just going to uh, go on a limb. The wind doesn't care about what season. I'm going to go on a crazy limb here and say it's going to be way more of a factor for Randy Bullock <laughs> and for Ryan Stonehouse than it will be for the Bills specialist in this game. Yeah, I mean, I think that we can all agree that uh, Randy Bullock probably has a psychological element to his game tonight that uh, he didn't have heading into last week because he had a very good preseason, a very good camp. But you miss a 47-yarder to lose a game, and you're Randy Bullock, who has not been the most consistent kicker in the league. And now, you know, if the Titans are worrying about hash mark tonight, they get a problem. No question about that. Uh, Jeremy Fowler tweets out that uh, per a source in Buffalo, Gabe, Gabriel Davis is not playing. He was questionable wow. with an ankle injury. So, um the That's way, massive. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the way uh, Fowler describes this tweet, team had held out hope, but playing was considered an uphill battle since Saturday's injury. 
he's out barring a surprise. That's what but I will said. say, Hutton. What that means is that um, there is, I think, a lot less of a chance that Caleb Farley can avoid Isaiah McKenzie or or Crowder, and I don't like those matchups at all. I agree, and that's part of I think Chad's point is you've got a first round corner where you don't like a matchup against a running back who's transitioned to slot receiver. Yeah, um, and you should like you shouldn't you shouldn't have to avoid anything with a first rounder in his second. Um, for those just joining us, Paul Josh Gordon is playing. He's been elevated to the roster. We don't know yet about Kyle Phillips, who has a shoulder issue, and he's also questionable. I'm told Kyle Phillips is uh, expected to play. Okay, w- with that in mind. Is Gordon there just for injury insurance, or do you think that they've been working him in no. to the point where he can do something? Yeah, I mean, I don't think they'd uh, they'd be doing this if they didn't have something for him. So I, I would hope that he'd be getting Cody Hollister snaps. Maybe that's naive of me, Cody Hollister disliker that I am. But uh, I, I want a guy's, you know, going to do the blocking that Cody Hollister will do, but also offers, uh, you know, much more of a vertical threat. Um, and Josh Gordon at his best, uh, can do that. And he seems to have everything in order right now. Um, looking through, uh, a preview for the, the Vikings and Eagles, uh, Kirk cousins, Josh Allen's been very good on Monday night in, in primetime games, except against the Titans. And even those games, he's been good. We just, we're judging this on win loss. Cousins is two and nine. And the two wins have been against Chicago. He's now on the road with the Vikings offense <laughs> Paul, that looked fresh. Paul's primetime performer, the Chicago Bears, who looked great yeah. last night on Sunday Night Football. Boy, all of your dreams and expectations came true with that that game. Um, but going thinking of Minnesota, Minnesota, Paul, Chad, they have the chance to go 2-0. and Same for Philly. And the 2-0 and team that comes out of this, they're, uh, I'm buying in. Like the, the winner of this, this game to get to 2-0 and I think wins their respective division. I'm that high on Minnesota after watching what they did to Green Bay, even though Green Bay is going to figure things out. And, and knowing what Philly's capable of with the arsenal of weapons they have around Jalen Hurts, I'm very intrigued by this because this is two young head coaches, uh, average quarterbacks, and star talent around them that should be able to put up points all season long. I, I was... I- it was a lot easier for me to pick the Titans to cover 10 or 10 and a half tonight in this game than it was for me to pick one or the other. It's a three and a half point favorite for Philly at home, I think, against Minnesota. That's what DraftKings has it, yeah. In this game, and I, I'm having a much more difficult time picking this one. I, I'm with you, Hutton. I think the winner of this game at 2-0 and uh, is a, a contender in the NFC. I don't think there's any doubt about it. I'm not, I'm not saying the loser is not. No, also. I know, I know. But, I mean, it's easy to, to look at the winner of this one and say, okay, they, they've got a real chance here, especially with, now I say that, after the fact that Cooper Rush just beat the defending AFC champions. But I'd feel really good about Philly without Dak Prescott with Dallas for a while. In the NFC East, a little bit different now with that big win for the Cowboys, but really good matchup, sneaky good matchup in the second game of the doubleheader tonight. I, uh, I I think the winner and the loser are in prime shape here. Uh, winner, for sure. But I, I agree, a loser is going to be a factor in the NFC also. Um, sad that I won't get to see uh, any of this game except for highlights in the middle of the night while I'm not doing any sleeping, getting ready for a, a 5.30 flight tomorrow morning. But 
um, ESP, uh, ESPN slash ABC getting a hell of a combo matchup tonight. Um, no doubt. I, I think I like I think I like Philly here. I I, I lean Philly. However, in in watching the the Eagles Lions game a week ago, and uh, the Lions offense is for real. I mean, they put up thirty five plus in the first two weeks. I mean, that's what we saw them do against Philly's defense. I think is a a, a kind of a it's good. It's a good judge of what Philly's defense allowed. DeAndre Swift ran all over that defense. And I think for a young head coach coming in where it's going to be more passing offense oriented, this is a game where I think they need to be more of Dalvin Cook era last year and years prior than maybe what we saw last week in that one snapshot of who we think the Vikings are moving forward. I think they can they can go heavy Dalvin Cook and dial up a win running against this Philly defense because I, I know that Philly is going to be extremely balanced in their attack. They run it extremely well, and now they have the passing arsenal to go with it. Now I think it's for Minnesota to show they can do the same thing. And based on what Philly allowed to DeAndre Swift, we know Dalvin Cook's up there with the top backs in the league. I, I look for, for him to have a big night. I think with several of these quarterbacks now, one of the big entry questions into the game is how how well can they make Jalen Hurts stay in the pocket and throw the throw the football? Uh, his escapability is is a factor in every game. So Minnesota, one of their top tasks defensively is keeping them in the pocket, forcing them to throw. Uh, I'm a lot less scared of them in those situations than I am if he's scooting around like you saw. Uh, you know, some of those quarterbacks doing yesterday, Kyler Murray comes first to mind. Going back to Titans, Bills, Adam Schefter reporting. Paul, I know you saw this. Bills wide receiver Gabe Davis officially inactive tonight. Yeah, not good for the Bills, but I do think there's an upside to them in in uh, McKenzie and Crowder against Farley. Um, and uh, Khalil Shakir is a fifth-round pick out of Boise State that's been warming up with Josh Allen as we speak. So it sounds like he's taking the roster spot. He was inactive last week. He's taking the roster spot. Um, and hopefully, uh, if you're a Titans fan listening to this, you're thinking that's the only time we need to hear his name. That, that hey, Kumaro, also the, uh, the old Aaron Rodgers favorite um, is, is the guy on the depth chart behind Gabe Davis. And then you still have McKenzie Diggs, Crowder, and Dawson Knox as well. Yeah, in, in not a mix. bad bunch. No. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at Outkick360. We give our final thoughts on this matchup and more as Paul joins us from Buffalo, getting set for kickoff uh, right at an hour and a half away from the Titans and Bills, followed by the Eagles and Vikings. More previews, predictions, and big takeaways, things to watch for, and everything else. It's straight ahead on Outkick360. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. 
Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Titans rookie wide receiver Kyle Phillips will play. He is active as the team has released the, the inactives. Julius Chestnut is on the inactive list along with uh, Hilliard, Dontrell Hilliard, who was ruled out prior to them boarding the flight to uh, Buffalo. Outkick 360 rolls on final segment ahead of Monday Night Football where tomorrow we'll be recapping both games, Eagles and Vikings, and of course Titans and Bills. Paul is with us in Buffalo Paul, give us two to three specific matchups to watch that will determine the outcome of this matchup tonight in, in Orchard Park, New York. Well, I'm certainly interested in seeing Jeffrey Simmons uh, against Roger Saffold, uh, a matchup that we've seen for the last several years in practice. Um, Saffold's shoulders have become an issue. Um, it's part of why he's not with the Titans anymore, that and Price. Um, but Simmons knows how to go at him. Um, and you would hope that the, that would be an advantage for the Titans. Um, we've mentioned here, uh, Caleb Farley, you know, it's a good thing that Gabe Davis is out of this game for the Titans' sake. He's a very productive receiver. But Caleb Farley in joint practices with the Cardinals and um, with Tampa Bay really had problems with little receivers. And little receivers, Isaiah McKenzie and Jamison Crowder are going to get probably increased chances here with Gabe Davis out of the game. And there's more potential that one of them winds up outside here and there on Caleb Farley. If I'm the Bills, I'm trying to do that on purpose. Caleb Farley, a long guy, tall, um, has some problems breaking down against those guys. I'd really watch that in this game. Um, and then, and then, how can the Titans handle uh, Josh Allen? Is an obvious one. They don't want him to run to his right. Uh, in some games where they've really concentrated on hemming in a quarterback more so than they've concentrated on hitting said quarterback, they've had some success. Uh, Josh Allen among those quarterbacks, quite frankly, the last two years they've they've beaten the Bills both times in Nashville. But watch how they go after him. Um, and I, if I'm a Titans fan, I wouldn't be yelling at the TV when they don't necessarily attack him the way you want because there's a broader purpose in mind. Yes. For uh, last year, and I, I referenced last year because it was a tight game. The Bills played well. Titans played. They, they made one more play at the very end. Point being, they sacked him three times. And this was among the start of the stretch where Harold Landry earned his big payday. He had two sacks in that game. Simmons had one. Uh, totally... Uh, you know, their best playmakers up front played a big factor. Bud Dupree needs to It's a good name that. to bring up. Yeah. Landry's a good name to bring up. They really missed him last week. And you can learn how you're missing him, uh, particularly in run defense last week. But does that mean that you can fix it with the peop people that you have? You know, uh, they're certainly smart about it, but there's only so much you can do when you lose a premier player. Paul, go get set up. Uh, we look forward to your coverage tonight at paulkoharski.com, and uh, we will see you here tomorrow as we recap both of these games. I will be pumping the caffeine tomorrow at uh, over at headquarters. And good luck uh, with hope, uh traffic. Hope your departure from the stadium is much better than yeah. your arrival at the stadium from a traffic perspective.
It can't not be. Uh, but all these drunk people will be long out of here before I am, Chad. I could only wish I write that fast. Hey, while you're up there, uh, throw your entire body through a table just to get in the spirit of Western New York. Just one time. Uh, listen, when, I, when I'm walking through here to go find an Uber or when a buddy gives me a ride back, all the tables will be, they'll be unbreakable. <laughs> be no more tables be to be had. Broken. That's right. <laughs> no, no legs on those tables. That's right. See you, boys. Later. Thanks. Prima Nocta being declared on a lot of tables in Buffalo. Have a great night. In Orchard Park tonight. Same to you. There's uh, Paul Kaharski up there in Orchard Park. And again, we will recap that game with him back in uh, Nashville with us tomorrow. DraftKings.com. You bet $5, get $200 instantly for all new DraftKings users. You've got to be 21 years or older. And this is for first-time DraftKings Sportsbook customers only. Make a deposit of at least 5 bucks in your Sportsbook account. Then you place a wager of at least $5 on NFL or college games. And honestly, it expires tonight. You've got two games left, so you've got to do it tonight uh, for this to qualify. By doing that, you're going to receive $200 instantly on that $5 wager. Uh, In addition to any cash winnings from your original wager, once it settles, again, bet five, get 200 instantly for all new DraftKings users. DraftKings.com and download the DraftKings app. Can I give you the same game parlay I just yes. played at DraftKings yep. right now? Yep. I went Traylon Burks over 30 and a half receiving yards. Yep, I'm on that. With the news of Gabe Davis out, I went Jamison Crowder over 35 and a half receiving yards. And I've got anytime touchdowns from Derrick Henry and Stefan Diggs in this game. $5 will get you $70 on that bet right there. Four-way, same game So you need Henry game and Diggs to score. So anytime touchdown by Derrick Henry. Crowder to have four catches. Crowder roughly. to have 30, yes, 35 and a half, over 35 and a half. Burks over 30 and a half. I, I'm with you on that. Burks last week was around the same number. I think it was 28 and a half last week. What? That's easy money to me. They, they should be getting him the football early and often. Let's, from a Titans perspective and previewing this game, let's see a receiving target emerge. Someone that you start to see now, oh, this is who they want to go to when it's a big moment. That, that's what I want to see more than anything from the Titans tonight. And the hope is that it'll be Traylon Burks. Let's also, let's point out from a Bills perspective how they took over the game in L.A. Went on the road, Thursday night football, took over in the second half. Not even close in terms of where they were for where the Rams were offensively. This has been a team and a defense, the Titans defense, that has held them back in recent years. It may not seem all that large or big in the grand scheme of things, but this loss where it came down to Allen slipping and Simmons making a play at the very end with two seconds left from the two-yard line, whatever, that kept Buffalo from hosting a playoff game, right? Yep. Seeding factors into that, and they want the path to the Super Bowl, the path to Phoenix and Glendale to go through Orchard Park. This is one of those matchups you look back on. It's a it's a big game for both, and the Titans are trying to show some confidence in what they're doing offensively because their defense generally shows up. Enjoy the two games tonight. We'll recap both of them and all the headlines tomorrow on Outkick 360 across the Outkick Network.